Our Father, we give you thanks. We give you praise because your name is highly exalted amongst us. Thank you for the things that you have planned to do amongst your people tonight. We give you all the praise in the name of Jesus. But as we go into your word, as we come to refresh ourselves at your table, we receive from you a blessing of understanding. We receive from you the blessing of correction. We receive from you the blessing of instruction in righteousness. Lord, we receive from you insight and revelation. We receive from you wisdom to live. And for that reason, Lord, we declare as follows. One, two, let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. The Lord's spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I said amen. amen. That will be your portion today in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord will give you wisdom. Amen. He will give you revelation. Amen. He will give you understanding. Amen. And he will give you the necessary correction. Amen. By, the re- by reason of the entrance of his word this evening. In the name of Jesus Christ. Alright, the Lord is good. Just can you just greet four people around you? Tell them, God bless you. You will receive something today. Now, I want us to read something today. Um, we want to continue. It's our school of prayer, of course, as you know. So we are going to continue what we have been looking at. Of course, what we do is, first of all, we just examine the Word of God. We encourage ourselves in the Word of God. And then we use that to stir faith in our hearts so we can utter words that are acceptable to Him. And that's what you do as a believer. Let me just say this to us again before we start. Or as we start, let me just remind us of something. It's good to boost your faith periodically. Make it a habit to boost your faith. That is, as a matter of um, habit, engage in activities that strengthen your faith. Your faith. Remember, don't wait till the time you need to use the faith to start trying to you know, have faith. You understand? I like what the EWKN used to say. That if you wait till the time that you need faith to go and try and get it, most likely you waited too late. Should I say that again? That is, if it is the time you need faith, you want to try and go and get it, it says all probability you waited a bit too late. You should make it a habit to, um, uh, you know, to have faith all the time. We're talking about that on Saturdays now. Make sure you have faith all the time. And then when you do have crisis, you understand, when you have to pray about things, when you have issues that's coming up that require um, urgent attention, then another thing I want to recommend is that before you rush to go and pray, first thing you do is rush to go and meditate. Rush to go and listen. Pick out scriptures. Just read them again and again. That's like the last warm-up before you release the faith. Do you get my point? All right. For example, you're not feeling well. Yes, you can easily go ahead, lay your hands on yourself and be fine. Or, this is what I'm adding to it. Before you do that, just settle down. Reel out through, reel out the number of scriptures. Remind yourself of what God says about your situation. Meditate, pray. 
release words, all right, you know, into your heart now. That is, you imbibe the word into you. What that is doing is that it's boosting your faith so that when you open your mouth and you speak, are you getting me? You know, it's not just, let me say that again. When we speak as believers, we are not just trying to uh, activate a method for doing something. If you say this ten times, then it will work better than if you said it five times. And if you said it five, five times, it will work five times as much as if you said it once. That's not what we are trying to do as believers. It's not a trick. You know, just speak words and then something will happen. No. Each word we speak must be a release of power that is packed inside. I hope you're getting my point here. Yeah, it's not the number of times, you know, you fire that determines the, the, uh, the power in the bullet. Alright? Once you've packed enough explosive inside, when you release it, pam, that instant, everything pushes out that bullet from that uh, chamber. Why? Because that explosive has been packed. And that's what we are saying. So when we release words, okay? Now, if you try to fire again, if there's nothing, you know, those days, that would be a good illustration. I don't know whether you remember how guns used to be. You were not there, but you've watched it in movies. You understand? When you want to fire a gun, you know what you do? There's a loading procedure. You first take your gunpowder, pour it down the barrel, then get a compactor, push it down the barrel, and compress the, the gunpowder. And then you put the bullets, you know, I think it's already packed somewhere, you push that inside. And then you raise the gun, and then you fire. And of course, do I need to tell you that if you miss, you're on your own. Because <laughs> there's a long procedure. You have to start again. Go through that <laughs> process. Now, I'm just down to illustrate something about faith. Faith is not the number of times you fire. It's whether you have what? The ammunition. Whether you have the thing packed. That's what faith is. So, the words we speak, they are the same words. It's the same trigger. You can pull it, and it's empty. You can pull it and it has jammed. You can pull it and there's nothing inside. Or you can pull it and the gunpowder is well packed. And then once you pull it once, it pushes out a lot of energy. So we believers, we remember to regularly pack our hearts. You understand? So that we become a rapid loading gun. We pack our hearts full. But the point I'm trying to emphasize is that when we release, it is not how many times we pull the trigger that's the issue. Is the power that is packed inside that is most important. So that's why I'm saying that, again, when you have issues, before you cry, before you call somebody, before you even pray, first thing you should do is meditate. First thing you should do is listen to a message. You know, just look for something that is relevant. Or you understand? You have um, financial issues. Just before you start praying, remind yourself of what God has spoken concerning finances. If you have, that's why it's good to have a good armamentarium of messages and books, and stuff, and scriptures in your head. Just pick one. Put it down there. 30 minutes. Let the word play to you again, and again, and again. What you are doing now, of course, you are, of course, you understand that you are somebody who takes the word of God seriously. I need to say that again. You are not trying to, as it were, use a method for getting results. Do you get my point here? You are not just trying, okay, ah, the other day, which is this, how he did it too. He listened to two messages, then he spoke your word. And then, and then, and then, and then, you know, there was a miracle. So you now play two messages, and then, whether the guy is speaking Hebrew, or speaking Greek, or speaking Latin, you don't know. Just, which he said, he played the message two times. So you play it two times, and then you pray. And you are wondering, ah, you call him again, oh boy, which, how, how loud was the volume? Did you put it in your ear, or you put, no, it's not, 
Do you understand my point? It's not a method for doing something. It's because you know that this is life. Do you get, do you get my point here? For example, if you are hungry and you want to eat and every food around is raw, when you are cooking, it's not because, ah, last time I talked to Isioma, she said that when she was hungry, there were some white things she saw and she put inside water and put it on the fire. And then after some time, she began to eat. That's not the point. Isioma cooked beans. Do you follow my point? And when you want to eat, you believe that if you, I mean, you know that cooking is necessary, and you also have beans, and you put it on the fire, and you cook it. That is, I hope you are getting my point. It's not a method. You know that beans is food. You know, you know it cannot be eaten raw. You understand it, so you are putting it on the fire, knowing that this is my food. It's going to take me forty-five minutes to get it ready. I'm going to wait patiently until my food is ready, because I know this is my food. So that attitude is the first thing. That as a believer, you know that this is life. This is not just a Christian activity. This is life. Do you follow my point? Before, when I have a problem, I go into the word because there is the answer there. That is food. You understand? Man shall not live by bread alone, but what? By every word that proceeds from the mouth of God shall a man live. What Jesus was saying, he was not saying that you, when you have bread, you must have the word and combine the two. When Moses said that, God said that through, uh, through Moses, he was not saying that you need the word and you need bread, you combine the two. He was trying to explain that if you are weak, do you get my point? Because you are hungry, you will go and take food and you will eat and you expect to have strength. You expect to have strength. If you are thirsty, you go and get water and you drink it. You expect it to revive you, to quench your thirst and bring some life back into your system. That's just the way it is because dehydration has weakened you. When you are eating, when you, are, you, you know, you have to go somewhere, you've been walking the whole day, it's 4 p.m., you did not eat before leaving your house in the morning. When you go looking for food, you expect something from it. The Lord was saying that in the same way, you expect life from the word. That it is not only bread that you should attack like that. You shouldn't treat you no know, physical food like that alone. You should treat everything that is your whole life. You treat the word of God like that, so that if you have any problem in life, do you understand? The same way a weak man, a weak woman will go and look for, you know, water and put rice on the fire and boil it and expect after 20 minutes, 30 minutes, he or she can eat and get energy. In the same manner, boil the word. Do you get what I'm trying to say here? Get it, cook it, you know, mix the scriptures together. You no, know, from Genesis, you get carbohydrates, you know, you get <laughs> so the prophet, you get proteins. You know, maybe in the Psalms you get your vitamins. Water is all over the New Testament. You mix everything together and with prayer and attention, you cook and cook. And now that's the point. You expect that when you are done, something will come into your system. Do you get my point? That is, you see, that's what being a believer is. Like I said all the time, a believer believes something. And the fundamental thing that the believer believes is that the word is life. The fundamental thing a believer believes is that this word is, you know, is food. This word is health. So, people talk to me sometimes. I talk to myself. My wife and I talk. So, look, what is the issue? And really, I do this. Maybe because of my medical training and all of that. Somebody is sick. Maybe you have a fever. Your body is hot. You can cool that fever down with two things. You can take paracetamol or ibuprofen. Or you can lay your hands. In my mind, it's the same thing. I don't know that you're getting my point. <laughs> that is the same thing. Okay, if there's no ibuprofen, then lay your hands now. <laughs> like one woman saw me yesterday. She described something. 
I said, ah, she, I said, no, no, I told her what's wrong with her. I said, what do I need to do? I said, we just prayed, now you've done something. I don't know whether you're getting my point. <laughs> she told me the issue, and I said, oh, so I just spoke the word, you know, put my hands over the part of her that said she was, was aching her, and I said, do I need to, and I, I told her what the problem was, but I, as I was talking, I just put my hand on her, and I spoke some words. So she now said, what, what do I need to do? I said, ah, this one we did just now, what do you think is that, that that was? I didn't prescribe anything, I just said, we have done something, you'll be fine. And I wasn't joking, I meant it. In fact, and that's especially after I finished teaching the word on divine health for like one hour, 15 minutes. So my faith was charged, her faith was charged, environmental faith was high. So I said, we have done something, so you can go. Please, I hope you're getting my point. That's what a believer is. A believer knows that man shall not live by bread alone. Men live by bread. That is, they get energy. The word live there. He wasn't talking about a manner of life. He was talking about a source of life. We must understand that. He wasn't talking about a manner of life. That is, we walk by faith. You know, that kind of thing. No. He was saying we live by faith. That is, we get life out of bread. We get sustenance out of bread. He's saying the same way believers understand that they also get the same thing and more out of the word. So what am I trying to say? So when you have that attitude, that attitude must be inside your heart. You have that attitude? You have an issue? What has God said about this issue? Let me say something about Christianity. You know, something Moses said to these people of Israel. He said, which nation around you has a God that is so close? That was an issue. I look around. Ah, come on, you've seen the Ammonites. You've seen the Moabites. You've seen the Hittites. You've seen them. You've seen the way they worship. Which one of the gods, all right, is as close as your own God is to you? A God that you have heard his voice. Literally, they heard the voice of God from the mountain. They've seen manifestations of God. And God gave them laws that addressed you know, intricate details of their lives. You know, I was listening to one of my colleagues preach on Saturday where I went in the morning. And for the first time, even though I knew about, a bit about it, but as I was preaching, it struck me when he made a statement that the, physician, the, the priests in Israel I knew that, of course, most of us know them for what? Making, offering sacrifices, representing the people before God. But we often forget another part. One of the major assignments they have was to teach. They were teachers. They were instructors in the law. It was a major assignment they had. They had, they, they taught people, you know, the law of God. They, you know, I used to think that, ah, people just sit there every day. We're cutting throat of animals. <laughs> They're cutting throat of animals. No. One of the jobs they did, was to teach. Prophets were different. Prophets were not really teachers like that. Prophets were more of when all of you have gone wrong, they will bring correction. But if everybody is normal, if people are not, nobody's going crazy really. The whole nation, okay, they are doing normal things. Every time they went to the temple, they had sessions of instructions. Okay? Another thing they did, that was when I said my colleague mentioned and it just struck me again, is that they were actually the doctors in Israel. You know, medicine has different fields, different aspects. There's preventive medicine. You understand? There's public health. They were the public health physicians. They were the ones that ins- inspected the house. They said, this house is full of mildew. Burn it down. They were the health officers you, you go and call. That, okay, this person had leprosy. He said he's been cured. Certify him cured. Remember what Jesus said. Go and show yourself what? To the priests. And th- those are the laws of Moses. Yeah, are you getting my point here? All right, now I don't even know how I got to this point now. <laughs> Can you remind me? I think I seem to have lost my way. 
So you see, God gave them priests. That's how I'm going. Thank you very much. All right. So, so th- these priests addressed every issue of their lives. Are you getting my point? So the law addressed every aspect of their lives. The law did. Taught them how to address. Seriously. Taught them which clothes to use to do what. You don't mix linen and wool. No. It's forbidden. Instructed them on that. Taught them how to eat their food. God was really close to them. Now, what am I talking about? In the New Testament, he's even closer. He said, behold, the word is nigh thee, even in your mouth. He said, don't say who was sent to heaven and bring, you know, Christ down. Now, he was trying to say something here. Listen, in the New Testament, the Lord is even closer. Because Israel had these their general rules. And that was closeness. But for us believers, it's different. That is, when I say different now, it's beyond that. That's better. It's more intense. It's even closer. There are general rules, most certainly. But beyond general rules, then the Holy Spirit, now that's where I was going with all of this talk, the Holy Spirit now relates with us individually, one by one. It takes a scripture, opens it to you in a manner that is different from how your neighbor who read the same scripture that morning is receiving it. I hope you're getting my point. So, that's where, that's where I was going. So when you give attention to that word before you pray, the Holy Spirit you know, opens your ears, opens your eyes to portions of the word that you probably didn't even seriously realize before. Alright? And then you, you just helps you see something. And anytime you see something like that, listen, that is power, that is loading. Are you getting my point? That is, you have, is, is, is packing your gun full of gunpowder. And let me go over it again. That is why Christians fast. That is where Christians fast. It's not about hunger. It's about, I need to hear what the Lord is saying to me in that closeness. For example, we've been talking about health for some time. There's a general word about health. Okay? That's the word of God. But sometimes, each individual, there is a specific word concerning your health. Sometimes there's something you are doing that is wrong. You're not sick. There is no generational curse in your life. There's nothing wrong with you like that. It's just one little thing you are doing that is out of order. And remember, God does not bless disobedience. He does not bless that which is wrong. Are you getting my point? Now, I want to give a very practical example. You may say, your sleeping posture is the cause of your back pain. It doesn't sound like a miracle. But there are people who have gone to have surgery and they did not know that. Yes. The doctor asked one or two questions. He had to see 20 people in one day. And he just takes something in your back. And he looked like one he saw when he was a medical student. And he sends you for one x-ray. And he sees another thing that saw, it looks like the one he saw when he was a resident doctor. He asked you together. And in both situations, there was a way his organ treated. So he looks for a name, baptizes you with the name. So this is the disease you have. Go and pay 250000 deposit. Come for admission. So and so and they'll do all these tests. And he drills your back, joins something, does one thing. You, nothing was wrong. He's not a bad person, though. No. He's mindful that he's both flesh. <laughs> Just a normal human being. He's doing the best, you know, with the training that he has. He doesn't mean any harm. In fact, he's done the best for you. But you know, the Holy Spirit doesn't make mistakes. He knows everything. He knows what the doctor does not know. He knows what the doctor knows. He knows what the doctors will learn in about 275 years' time. <laughs> he knows everything today. 
He knows what you don't know about yourself. He knows you inside out. That knowledge, David said, is too wonderful for me. So sometimes he solves your problem. You are sleeping. And somebody just in your dream. If anyone just tells you, get up, don't lie down like that. That is hurting your back. And you wake up. And realize that that is a voice from the Holy Spirit. And then you change the posture of sleeping. After four days, a pain that has afflicted you for four years disappears. It's the closeness of God I'm talking about. It's the closeness of God. Uh, that message I said, all of us to try and listen to the one Pastor Courage was preached during our uh, minister's conference in Benin. I want everybody to listen to it. He talked about finances. He just showed the wisdom that God gave him to solve a lot of financial issues. That's God that is so close. I hope you're getting my point here. And that's one thing Christians must learn to tap into. The closeness of God. That's what fasting is about. You cannot fast so your enemies will die. You don't, listen. The only enemy you need to die is two things. One, he has already died. And number two, the one that's real enemy, when he dies, you will not know. God doesn't, doesn't like show off. Like, ah, I killed somebody for you. Praise me now. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, he removes people you don't even know they were removed. He doesn't delight in the death of a sinner, so he doesn't like celebrating it. So don't worry. Don't, don't pray. Don't use fasting to kill somebody. Don't, don't forget all those testimonies. At the end of the fast, we did this one, and then three people died. Now, sometimes it happens. But, you know, some people rejoice at such things. I see there is power. Let's go and kill somebody too. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> it's not necessary. I'm not saying God doesn't kill people. But it's not necessary for you to be wishing for somebody to die. If God wants to kill people, he knows how to. He's very good at killing. I hope you know that. Oh, God is the best at killing people. The Bible says he withdraws his spirit and they expire. There are different ways he kills. There's many methods. So I'm not saying he's afraid. There was a time I looked at the whole globe and said everybody is a sinner. Minus Noah and his household. So he killed everybody. And it's CNN's problem. If he said after that, I won't believe in God again. How can a good God kill everybody? I know what God says, I'm not only good, I'm just. So if they deserve death, and there is no sacrifice for their sins, I will kill them. So I'm not saying that God doesn't kill people. I'm just trying to say that don't, don't go around looking for that. Sometimes some of those prayers are prayers of wicked people. If you ask a lot of Christians, should this person repent or die? They say, no, die. <laughs> God say, no, I'll leave it in your hand. <laughs> repent or die. Say, lie, lie, die. Die. We have to be able to say he died in fellowship. What am I talking about? I know, I, you know, occasionally, just pardon me. People come here after hearing all kinds of nonsense. So I have a duty to try and direct them you know, into the right mindset. Okay? So we, when we are fast, not the point I'm trying to make, is because we know that God is close. He talks about, he will give you ministration concerning your finances. He will give you ministration concerning your health. He will. He will give you ministration concerning how to handle your relationships. He will. He will tell you what to say and what not to say. That's why when we have issues, we're not in a hurry to go and you know, start talking. He said, draw near to do what? To listen. Watch your steps. He said, when you enter, into, when you approach the temple of God. What did Solomon say? Draw near to listen. He said, otherwise you'll be offering the sacrifices of what? Or fools. They are in the temple, they don't know they are doing what is wrong. Because they think they are worshipping. So he said, draw near to what? Listen. And that's what Christians must bear in mind as a discipline. You must have it as discipline. 
drawing near to listen. It's very important we learn how to listen. But I'm talking about the closeness of God now. So when we approach, there's crisis, there's, there are issues. We take time out. That's what fasting is about. Why, why are things not moving the way they should move? Why is everybody in the family falling sick one after the other? Why? They'll tell you that it's because a flu is outside. Uh, there's a Apollo flying around. There's this. Don't give no physical explanations for your personal experiences. Always look for a spiritual explanation. Plague was flying around Egypt. Was it not? Why did it not get into Israel's place? Why was Goshen set apart? I hope you're getting my point. So listen, as a believer, if everybody in Enugu gets flu, gets, um, you know, Qatar, cough, all those things, and doesn't mean that if you now get in, I say, hey, it's all over the place. I said, that's the explanation for why you should be in your house. Occasionally be offended. You understand what I'm saying? Feel bad. Just look and say, why? What, what is the problem? Why should this happen? Don't worry, nobody is dying, but just feel bad. Why should you go, you know, because I was outside yesterday, so the code has entered my head. Now, for the next one week, we can't hear you again. And you were outside for only one night. Just get, just feel provoked a bit. I'm not saying you're a sinner now because you felt sick. But just ask God, what is going on? Because the explanation for your own experiences as a believer is always spiritual. It's always spiritual. If your car jam, it's not because of field brick. It's not because there's a bad driver on the road. No. For you, your explanation is always spiritual. God may be talking to you about impatience. He may be talking about to you about something else. There's one pastor Chris said that time he had one terrible accident. He said to me when we were after when I saw him we were talking. Just he came for our convention actually, so he was our guest. Thank God because we had <laughs> wanted him to come. So we pray for him that he will recover. So he came. So that was, I was speaking with him in his hotel room was our guest. Just talking about the whole thing. He said the, that he was the only one that suffered in the accident. But this is what I'm going to. He said the first thing that came out as, as soon as the car settled upside down. He was hanging upside down by now. So the first thing he said is, Lord, now you have my attention. What is the problem? That's the first thing that came to his mind. We Christians sometimes would like to say, it's the devil, the devil. I said, we worship the devil too much. I've maintained about it for some time. When God said, my glory I will give to none other. Sometimes some of these problems is part of the glory of God. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know uh, listen, I know it's not popular faith teaching. But I've least reason. Okay, let me ask you a question. When Sodom and Gomorrah was perished, was that the glory of the devil? When God wiped out Sodom and Gomorrah, was it, was it the devil's glory? Who do you want to give glory to the smoking ruins? He came out that day and said, wow, this devil is powerful, you know. God will throw you into the fire. What do you mean? Were you the one that sent the fire? I'm the judge of the living and the dead. I'm the judge of the whole earth. And I always do what is right. I did not want to punish the righteous with the wicked. So I removed Lot and his family, apart from his wife, that looked back. Anyway, so let's, let's be careful. Let's be careful. All right? Let's be careful. He said, he just said, Lord, now you have my attention. And that's something we Christians must do. And I'm not going to detail about that, but that was something he said. That was the first thing that came out of his mouth. Okay, Lord, thank you very much. Now you have my attention. What am I supposed to hear? 
What am I supposed to imbibe? Let's not glorify the devil in our lives. The only thing that Satan can do is to tempt and to accuse after we are falling for his temptation. As part of that temptation is the ability to deceive. And so we have to agree to be deceived. All right, by doing some things that got the concept of deception. There are so many things. It's not just wake up in the morning, be deceived, and you are deceived. No. You have to open your heart to deception. And deception comes if you open your heart to the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. You are easily, you easily will be deceived. If you feel more important than everybody else, Satan will quickly tell you, you are Jesus Christ. You say, yes, I am. And nobody else is saved. Yes, they are not saved. Why? All your life you are proud. So that's just by the way. Okay? So that's what he can do. He can try to deceive people. He can accuse. Alright? And then he can, like he can tempt. That's where his power ceases in himself. Anything beyond that level, the power belongs to God. He has to issue it to him. He has to give him the power. You understand? He has to give him, okay, you, that's why Paul would say that, I have given over this person to Satan for the destruction. I mean, Satan couldn't just grab the fellow. He couldn't just grab him. I hope you're getting my point. He couldn't just grab him. He had to be given. So bear those things in mind. So we believers, let's get it clear. So, first thing, there are issues. We draw near to what? To listen. That's the first thing we want. We want to listen. We want to listen. Now, how do I hear what God is saying? It's very, very simple. Take a Bible and read it. Take a message and listen to it. The word will come forth with instruction, with correction. You understand my point? It will teach you. And what you hear from God's words, see, there are so many things in the word of God. But the Holy Spirit, because God is so close, He will pick one thing and open it to you. One will just be brighter than the rest. That's your instruction for the moment. See, there's no need to be bra- trying to get you know, the bragging right. You know, the Lord now said to me, yes, you know, the Lord now said, you know, and the Lord now began to speak to me. Now, <laughs> I'm not saying the Lord does not speak to people. You understand my point? But don't, don't try, don't work for that bragging right. Learn what you want to learn. Whether the Lord said, the Lord did not say, once it is right. Are, are, are you getting my point here? You are reading, you, you find words on unforgiveness. Whether God is technically saying to you, undika, undika, thou shalt not. <laughs> if you are reading and you find unforgiveness, are you getting my point? Fix it. Fix it. There's no, you know, is that what the Lord is saying? The simple thing is that you've discovered the word about unforgiveness, right? And forgive and move on. And if the Lord doesn't say any other thing, then that's what the Lord was saying. Because many times what the Lord wants to say, you can't even hear it until you are able to obey the one he has said to everybody. So please, for, don't stand there. You want to be able to come out and the thought they say, brethren, I was away for like three days, praise God, and I went on a retreat. And then on the third day, the Lord, the Holy Spirit, I came and gave me 17 instructions that I will obey by which my life will move to a new level. Hallelujah. And you know when we are saying some of those things is pride. Feeling very spiritual. So right now, from tomorrow, I'm not going to be on the same level because I'm going to be on the 17 instructions that the Lord has given me. Hallelujah. You, you never start. <laughs> you never start. You've gone on your retreat. As you are reading the word, as you are you know, studying the scriptures, you will be getting correction. Correction. Correction will be coming to you. Whether it's dramatic, sometimes it will be dramatic. Sometimes dreams and visions. 
I've had a number of serious corrections in dreams. That is, there was no, there was no doubting what it was about. If I still remember one in which that dream was very funny. As soon as I woke up, I knew what it meant. What I still can't remember is whether I was in the fight or I was watching the fight. But I remember that, no, no, I think I was watching the fight. Two people were fighting. And I was, I, I was like agitated. I panicked. Why? Because one guy took a bottle and was cutting the other fellow. Cutting, cutting, cutting. Do you understand? I saw the knife, you know, the broken bottle go across that guy's face, slash him like this. Ah, come the other way. Ah, so I was like, what is going on? Stop that. Will you stop that? Will you stop? Then I woke up. Instantly, I knew what it meant. Because at that point, somebody had offended me, you know, seriously. And the moment you call me, that's the gist. 30 minutes. Don't mind him. He says it like Okoyam. His nose is like a biro. Then I, that is, of course, not literally like that, but you understand my point. Everything he did, every evil, ah, ah. So, even though the Lord felt, okay, the Lord didn't, you know, disagree that I was offended, you know, that something, somebody had done me what was wrong, but he said, essentially, banking, this one you are doing is worse than what the other guy did. Now, you say, why, of course, everybody, God knows what you know, he understands your language. That's why people say that you have to learn to hear God. Me, I don't understand that, because he knows my language, he's the one that wants to talk to me. I hope you're getting my point here. Uh So, I mean, when, when, when Samuel, <laughs> you know, it's whether you want to listen or you don't want to listen. Once you want to listen, he knows the language you speak. God will not say, Bank, I want to talk to you next week, so go and learn, go and learn Latin. I said, Lord, I'm sure the talk is not serious because <laughs> if you want to speak in Latin, you first put a dose of interpretation of tongues. So the Lord knows the language you speak, okay? You know, when someone did not hear clear, you know what he did? He shouted. He said it how many times? He called Samuel how many times? Four times. Thank you very much. First time, Samuel got confused. He said, that must be Eli. Second time, he said Eli. Eli says, no, me, no, I was asleep. Do I call people in my dream? Third time, he said, okay. No, 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 no. Maybe you're talking your dream, but I heard you call. <laughs> Aha, Eli now said, okay, no problem. Go and lie down. If he calls again, that time Eli knew what was going on. See? So, 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 and so. And so God shouted until Samuel heard. So don't worry about it. So that one he knew because when we were in school, a slang we had on campus for speaking evil about somebody was slashing. Say, so we're just slashing that guy on the pulpit. Why? Do you get my point? Yeah, we use that slang. It was a slang on campus amongst Christians. So that man just took that guy to pieces. We're just slashing him. So I don't know whether it's standard English, but we use it on campus, slash. So when the Lord wanted to show me what I was doing, I just saw one man slashing another. As soon as I woke up, I knew the meaning. After that correction, oh boy, you pipe down. Oh, you pipe down, otherwise you start seeing the consequences. That's how he is. He corrects. Sometimes, he's a friend. I remember one of my friends, I just had him on my mind for, you know, I just had that thing on my mind. And of course, I, I, you know, from the Lord helped me very early in life. He didn't allow me all this. Um, I was not very, I was not very spiritual. You understand? I don't know what you think, but I wasn't very spiritual. Okay, I did not understand spirituality, mostly because I couldn't pretend. That that's part of the reason, or a major part of it. Okay, so some people will say that um, the Lord said to me, He didn't say. But you are my friend. I've been thinking about you. And every time I think about you, this comes to my mind. 
So one of my friends, I booked an appointment to see him. So I just, oh boy, look, anytime I think about you, you know, this comes to my mind. So I gave him a lecture for almost 40 minutes. I didn't think the Lord said to me. But something me just said that this guy is angry. And it's going to affect him in life. So I told him. And one of his that he said, I needed that. I did not know he needed it. But the thought had just been in my mind for days. Sometimes a friend that comes and corrects you. As I said the other time, listen, even the person correcting you is wrong. Eh? Just collect it. You know, it will remove anything from you. You don't have to go and be proving. that You corrected me yesterday. Let me prove to you you are wrong. You were gossip behind me. Go back to your gossip circle and tell them that they are wrong. Listen, if they are wrong, they are wrong. Right? But if they are right and you reject it, you are in serious trouble. I hope you are getting my point here. So many ways God speaks to us. You read a, di- a word directly. Visions and revelations, different kinds. The correction of friends. Instructions in righteousness. You, if that's what the Bible calls a word of knowledge. Are, in fact, after having ministered for all these years, I've come to understand that word of knowledge comes in different dimensions. That's my own understanding. Putting my personal experiences, um, what I've read from a lot of men of God, I find out that the word of knowledge comes in different direct, uh, dimensions. Now, this is the part I want to bring out. Many times, the man giving it does not even know he's giving it. That's where I'm going. That's the one I've experienced many times as a preacher. You finish, I'll tell the story, just preach, 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 preach. Then somebody will come and say, sir, that story from the beginning to the end, that was my life. As if who told you about it, say, eh, ah, everything you said, this one happened when you, that is, and that you've just given me the answer to the question that I had in my mind. There's one thing that, that's why, look, I don't like, if you don't listen to me, I don't, I don't counsel. Because I've had this experience. Many times people will come, they come to Bible study to come and see me. But they didn't book an appointment, they just came. So they sat down. And they heard the word for one and a half hours, two hours. And then they leave. The moment they are going, they say, ah, good, good evening, sir. I wanted to see you, but it's no longer necessary. What happened? You've already answered it. When you were preaching. Some will have booked the appointment and say, we will see you at the end of Bible study. That one has happened also a lot of times. A lot of times. They booked the appointment. That at the end of Bible study, we will see that everybody says, okay, sir, you said we're going to talk. I said, no longer necessary. I said, why now? What did happen? You'd address the matter while you were preaching. Most of them won't even tell me what the matter is. Just say, you've answered it. You know, when you were saying the other look, you've already answered it. So, bye-bye, sir. So, a lot of times, word of knowledge will come without the conscious awareness of the person who's giving it. There was a time a man gave me a word of wisdom. Telling me to come to Enugu. I've, I've told the story many times. You know what, you know what the word of wisdom is? Alright? Just like he says, it's wisdom. It's a decision you need to make. It's understanding you need to have concerning a situation. Okay? You didn't know I was seriously contemplating it. Two people had said, ah, come to Enugu. They need you in Enugu. And I was not thinking seriously. And I needed my time in Lagos was about to come to an end where I was working in Luth. So I needed to make decisions, and I was having offers to go to Ife, Ibadan, then Enugu from where? No, think about it. No, what would make me come to Enugu? It's not as if they are giving any, you know, if, um, if um, a Shell opened a special center in Enugu, 
I said I should come and be the boss. You know that one? <laughs> it's very fleshly will of God. Are you getting my point? <laughs> the flesh can easily realize the will of God. The flesh should just say that. And then that day, the Lord began to speak to me in the morning that arise. <laughs> That's what I mean. No, it's very, very easy to understand that. But there was nothing like that. What was available in Enugu was available in Ibadan, was available in Ife. Why would I go to Enugu? There was no special attraction. I'd only been here once in my life. We're around for about three days, two, three days, and we're holed up inside the UNEC campus. Came for a student's program around 88, 89. So I did, there was nothing inside the, you know, the city that attracted me. So there was no attraction. But the door just kept on opening. So the issue now, do I step into it or do I assume it? Just one of the many doors opening, let's just leave it. And then his brother was talking to me. I had not seen him in a very long time, maybe, at that time, nothing less than maybe five years. can't remember exactly, but it was quite a while I saw him last. And after we spoke for some time, then the gist dried. You know the way you are talking, gist will just dry. Nothing to say again. So we reached that point, gist dried up. You are not looking for how to end the discussion or how to continue the discussion. So he decided to continue the discussion with a word of wisdom. Suddenly from his mouth, words began to come out. He said, Enugu, Enugu is a beautiful place. It's a kind of place a man would like to settle down and raise a family. Ah! You know, at the point I, I looked like, wait, what's going on? You know what they say? You know, you know, Jesus looked at Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. This one, hey, stand in front of me, Holy Spirit. What are you doing? You know, that kind of <laughs> Because this was quite striking. Like, ah, out of nowhere, he just began to utter. He said, Enugu. He said, Enugu. Very nice place. It's a good place to know, a place a man would like to settle down, raise a family, quiet. The guy began to preach Enugu to me. Began to preach. After that, the Lord said, well, now I'm, I'm, I'm adding this one now. If you, if, if you don't want to go to Enugu, just know that you don't want to go. I've made it clear enough to you now. What else do you need? That was what sealed it for me. And that's why that was 19 years ago. And I've been here since that time. So the Lord speaks to us different ways. But I'm emphasizing the fact that what? He's close. Aye. It's not, you know, I said Jesus is not an idol. He's not a, you know, a, an idolatrous computer. You know what I mean by idolatrous computer? Okay, okay, that's not a good English. The English is not a computerized idol. That's a good one. You don't like that? <laughs> that is, you just, you put him in the corner in your house. You go and pinch, you press him. Um, what was going to do? We need money. What do? Where's the program for money? Pim, pim, pim. So, so, say these words. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Bring forth, <laughs> bring forth money. Bring forth money. Say it three times. Bow before the idea. No, he's a real living person. Do you get my point? The Holy Spirit is alive. You know, he will be with you. How often? What did Jesus say about him? He will be with you how often? Always. He will be with you always. He's very, very, very alive. He will give you words of correction when necessary. He will diagnose a problem. He will let you know what is wrong. What is just asking for in this generation is for people to recognize this thing. To recognize it. Two of us may have the same issues, the same decisions to make in life. It looks like Okay, his marriage decision, his career decisions, ministry decision, you know, or his health, we need to do something, 
two similar circumstances but two different lives. The Holy Spirit will say two different things to the two people. He will say to Abraham, come out from your father's land. Leave that place. Come, pack. And I will tell Isaac, don't go anywhere. Stay here. <laughs> you get my point? Yeah, that's how he does. That's how he does. That's how he's the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And there's three different ways he will show himself in three different lives. But he's alive. He's, he's, you know, he's intimately, Psalm 139, acquainted with all your ways. He's with you in your going out, in your coming in. He knows, the, you know, when doctors want to diagnose a disease, eh? they can test. They will test and test, and then they finish testing a lot of times. You know the painful part? Sometimes the test just rule out every other thing. Say, so it's not this, it's not this, it's not this, it's not that. But he has not yet told them what it is. So we have some diseases we call diagnosis of exclusion. That's when we have removed every other option. If we can't find any other thing, we'll call it that one. <laughs> So it's a basket, we don't just anything. So as advancement goes, we'll be reducing the size of the basket. So some people who came into that sickness when the basket was still big, doctor would do like ten tests to convince themselves that they don't know what's wrong with the fellow. But you know Jesus is not like that. He doesn't feel around. One small headache, he knows where it began from. He knows where it can end. He knows where it should end. He knows how to solve it. I hope you're getting my point. He knows your level of faith also. Oh, he does. And sometimes people want to just copy somebody else's faith. This man said he just woke up and they gave him medicine. He refused to take it. He just banged his head on the wall. Bang, 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 three times. And since that time he's been well. <laughs> and that person will say, that's how to get well. Fine, no problem. <laughs> they give him medicine. I'm not taking. Why? Because okay, they told me that he banged his head on the wall three times. So he just go there. Bang, bang, bang. Go. Ah, the guy like, <laughs> The guy is the floor. <laughs> he's the floor. And they rush him to hospital. They say, ah, this word is not working. They say, oh boy, you don't have the same face the other fellow had. So don't pretend. And that's why we believers, we pray. We meditate. We go to, we draw near to listen. We draw near to listen. We draw near to listen. And it ministers to each person different ways. Within the context of the general truth of God. I hope you're getting my point. So that's why believers, listen. We don't have... That is, that's our secret. Jesus said, if you abide... He said, abide in me. If my words abide in you. You know, I began this, this thing trying to explain to us. So what do we do? We, we have issues. We have decisions to make. We approach God, first of all, the simple way. We take the scriptures... You start with thanksgiving. Now, now listen to me. Not thanksgiving as, let's praise God. Let's thank him until he can't control himself. He'll start blessing. That's not what I mean. Are you getting my point? No, thanksgiving is true appreciation. Lord, I want to thank you because I can come to you. I want to thank you because I'm not hopeless. You know, there are people who've done tests. They're supposed to collect their test results in three days. And they can't sleep for three days. Because it's either life or death that that result we predict. And the chance of it being death is like 30%. Who wants to play Russian roulette with 3 out of 10 chambers loaded? I mean, it's not easy. Or 2 out of 6. It's too much. So, you wouldn't sleep. A natural person. So when we are giving God thanks, say, Jesus, I want to thank you. Because 
Whatever it is with you, there is no death sentence. There is nothing incurable. So this real appreciation is not, um, is not a method for winding somebody. It's real appreciation. Then we take the word, which is our hope. This word in which he has caused us to hope. Are you getting my point? Let's talk about illnesses. Himself took my sicknesses and my diseases. And by his stripes, I have been healed. So my body, the life of Jesus is working in it. You know, I'm giving thanks. You know, there's, there are some things I want to pray about, you know. Sometimes, some of them personal, some of them ministry. If you check my little, I have one little prayer note. You know what, what I, I first did? Thank God for the knowledge of scriptures that we have. I quickly settled down all the scriptures I know that have to do with those areas. I just started writing them down. Some of them I have not started actively praying about. But the one I have in mind has to do with Kingdom World Ministries. And one of the things I believe that God wants us to do. I have not seriously active. Well, I have started praying about it a bit. But what I did was that, this was the first prayer. I just gathered the scriptures. There are like six. So if I open any of my devices, either my computer, my tab, my phone... I just go to there, open the thing. Towards the bottom of the page, I just see about six or seven verses. I just open them, just read out. I'm not specifically started praying and, you know, just declare, claim. No. I'm just reading them out. Some of them I picked from the experience of Moses. Some of them from the words of Jesus. Some from Psalms. Some from Isaiah. There were six or seven of them like that. I just wrote them down. So periodically I just picked them. I just say, concerning this Lord, I read these words. I'll read those scriptures again and again and again and again and again. And I keep them there. Next time to pray again, once, once my mind goes towards praying about that, I just bring out the scripture. Nothing, nothing ceremonial. My wife will tell you that. She used to say that I pray very funny. And personally, I don't see why my voice will change between when I'm praying and when I'm talking to you. Are you getting my point? Why should my voice change? I'm talking to somebody. The only difference is the reverence you may feel. It's the reverence. So if I'm talking to a human being that I respect, and I'm talking to the Lord, they come to about the same tone of voice. I'm not saying it's wrong, you pray the way you like, but you won't hear me say, and then Father God, I begin to say, no. You ask my wife, no, I don't do that. This is what I do. So, Lord, you know, that thing we're talking about here. Yeah. So, um, you know, Isaiah chapter 55 says that um, come, to the, to, come to the waters and drink. That's how I read it. I'll read it again and again and again. I have a set of them like that. I keep reading. I've never, I will wind up the prayer later, you understand? Right now, all I do is just read. I just read them out. I just read them out. I just read them out. I just keep reading. Because that is the word in which he has caused us to what? To hope. The hope is not in any method. It's, not, it's in the word. So, in prayer, I just thought about, because thank God for knowledge of scriptures. A lot of scriptures have passed through this in my head. A lot. In fact, virtually every verse has passed through this head. I forgot most of them. I'm not saying I remember all of them. But quite the number, the Holy Spirit can easily remind me of them. So I just remember if I forget some, I, of course, thank God for smart devices. You check on your devices, pull out the scripture, put them, put them out, pack them together, and make them a habitual read, something we read on a regular basis. That's the word in which he has caused us to hope. 
you are getting my point here. Now, in, in that process, of course, God knows where we are, we are going. So, Thanksgiving, take the word, we are just reading it out loud. This is what we are hoping. This is the reason why we come to you, because you made these promises. It was not my idea. It was not my idea. Adam did not know the concept of wife existed. He was just trying to work things out, and they were not working out. And God said, you need a helpmate that will be fitted for you, perfectly suited. So that's why he had to sleep, because it was not his idea. <laughs> Do you understand my point? Why God brought Eve out. So when we hope in the word also, it's like that. You gave these prophecies before I was born. You gave these prophecies before I believed. But you have caused me to hope in them. So I will take those words and remind you of the things. It's not like you forgot, but let us be on the same frequency. So the things that the Lord has spoken, then we keep reading them out to him. So as to, you know, make our hearts solid on that word. Now this is where I'm going. The practical application, because you see, you make requests. Then, of course, you make your request to the Lord. Remember what I said? God gives instructions. It's in the process of all of this. Sometimes there's no need for anything. You just give thanks, and the power in the word is released into your life. Sometimes there are instructions to obey. Sometimes there are decisions to take. Do you get my point? But then the Holy Spirit, there are diversities, the Bible says, of manifestations. There are diversities. It's the same God. The same God is working everything. There are diversities. But we just relate with him knowing that he's real. I hope you're getting my point here. We know he's real. We go to hear. Then the Holy Spirit now leads us. That's what I'm talking about. Getting the perfect. Sometimes a word just comes out. Like the reference thought. Please listen to that message. Aggressive prayer. In aggressive prayer, the reference explain, explain that. So sometimes a word just, a prayer just comes. Short prayer. It's not long. God give us leaders so that through them you will give us victory for your own glory. He was praying about the war. And he kept on praying this, praying that that was the specific, directed, Holy Spirit inspired prayer, using his own words, that God gave him to pray about that situation. Sometimes, you know, because my kids are growing now, sometimes you know they want to give you a bit of a headache for certain reasons. That day I woke up during the night to pray. I just remembered a few scriptures. After that, I rested. Went for alumni convention of our sisters. We were just discussing some things. And I told her, he said, ah, God bless you. He said, this is exactly the point I have come to. <laughs> I hope you get my point. Just sharing that little experience with her, it gave her encouragement. Sometimes all that the Holy Spirit is saying that don't worry about it. You have done all you are supposed to do. All you now need to do now is what? Stand. Having done all, stand therefore. That's the beautiful thing about Christianity. The God that is very, very close. Let me add this one to you before I close. Like I said, he, he knows the level of your faith. He knows the level of my faith. He does. Within the level of our faith, he's very kind. The, the only problem we have is when, if there was a time he gave instructions and we refused to obey. That we now put ourselves in trouble. Otherwise, even then he's forgiving, we repent. He's very, very kind. Alright? This is what I'm trying to say. Some people say, throw away your medicine, that way you will get healed. If you are afraid to throw away your medicine, can I ask you for something? Don't throw them away. Brother Mike threw away his medicine and he got healed. It's Brother Mike's issue. It's not your own issue. 
Jesus healed people different ways. Some people he touched. Some he spoke to. Some he plastered mud on their face. Do you get my point? Different ways. Some were healed instantly. Some were healed as they went. I hope you're getting what I'm trying to say here. Okay? Because that's the mistake a lot of Christians make. They want to walk on somebody else's faith. And then, fearing, what happens? They begin to sink. Each person, God will deal with you according to your level of faith. Of course, we all have the responsibility of building up our faith on a regular basis. But in that time of crisis, the Lord is very kind. I hope you are getting my point. He is very kind. There are some people who just get up, tell the doctor, go away, I'm going home. Doctor says you will die in one week. Say, don't worry, I'll see you in one year. And literally, one year later they come back. The doc, and they say, ah, the doctor has died. They say, oh, sorry. <laughs> The man is still alive. I, I, I know a man that was given up to die. He's alive and well. And my friend is one of the doctors that treated him and was so sure he would die. Yes. And I see the man regularly, and I see my friend all the time. Both of them are alive, thank God. I see the man regularly. How did he get healed? He's not a Pentecostal, so he didn't give us a firebrand. Testimony. He just prayed to the Lord simply. And he became well. John, you know, many of you know Joel Austin. Joel Austin's mother, at the age of 48, the doctor said that she had the cancer in the liver and she was going to die. And her husband laid on the floor and begged the Lord simply. I love my wife, Lord. I don't want her to die. Please do me this favor. Let her live. And this story was told when she turned 84. The doctors had given her a few months to live. So when the age reversed in number, you understand? That death sentence was given at 48. At 84. We heard the story again. I hope you're getting my point. So God will tell each person, you will find out what you are supposed to do. Sometimes sound counsel. A testimony I give a lot of times in that area, one of my friends fell sick. Doctors wanted to do this and that. When I saw what they would take him through, I said, my brother, there's no need. I said, with all the doctors will take you through, you still won't get well in two days. You won't get well in three months. You won't get well in six months. I said, the next one year, we will still be on this matter at the best. It could be worse. So he said, okay, in that case, what do we do? I said, let us pray now. I said, let's give the Lord time. That's where, that's where I'm going. I said, let's give the Lord time. So we reason together. I said, okay, we will give the Lord time. We are willing to endure the affliction of man. Do you understand my point? For a whole year. I said, let's just endure this pain, weakness, or some time. Where the Lord works it out. And exactly a year later, he was totally well. He didn't disappear in one day. Little by little, of course, for some time, there was no improvement. There was nothing. We just kept on praying. We'll talk on the phone. It's, all, it's well. It's well. We thank the Lord. 
He will pray on his own. I will pray on my own. Little by little, he just kept on getting better. He kept on getting better. A year exactly later, he shared the testimony. We came back from um, our convention. One woman gave a story. Beautiful story. Let's make a long story short. She conceived. He said she had a revelation. How the Lord revealed that to her, I don't know. But she just started, she was trying to have kids she didn't have, and then she was a very devout young woman. Devout. Doctors did all kinds of investigations. Nothing. They said she found the Holy Spirit saying to her, okay, go and be raising children. So she said she raised 18 children she did not have by herself. They are all her children now. At the age of 51, she conceived naturally and delivered at the age of 52. So before that, she had the revelation. The Lord said, I'm going to embarrass you with a blessing. True story. Ask my wife. I mean, I can show you the picture why she was giving it. I was sitting down there, not somebody told somebody it happened somewhere when they went somewhere. No. I have the picture right here. Because I stood in front, I sat in front while she was on the, while she in front, I'd given the testimony. She's 62 now, the boy is 10 years old. Is it boy or girl? The child is 10 years old. But she has 18 other children. But God just said, let me put one small icing on this cake. I hope you're getting my point here. It works different ways with different people. And that's the beautiful thing about the closeness of God. As you interact with the word, as you interact with scriptures, as you interact in prayer, as you fast, every person here, you must fast regularly. If nothing is wrong, just go and fast. No. You know what I call fast? I mean, you should be my disciple. My own Christianity is easy. What did Jesus say? My yoke is what? Easy. And my burden is? Anybody tell you to go hungry for seven straight days, no water, tell him, say, I'm not enjoying the Baptist church. I'm going. <laughs> what is the name of this your church? John the Baptist Wilderness Church. I'm going somewhere else. Thank you very much. Say so where I go. I'm going to Kingdom World Ministries. I like Pastor Banky. Say <laughs> so why are you like this? I read it in my Bible. Any of these have to do you see me having? Is my understanding of scriptures? Is my understanding? And the say, you find that you're hungry doesn't mean God will hear you. I mean it. Didn't you read the story of Hannah? After she ate and then she drank. And she now went to the temple to go and pray. If you are too hungry, God will know what you are saying. <laughs> Even when, when you say you don't know what you are saying. Have you ever prayed when you are feeling very sleepy and you are kneeling down? <laughs> you know these angels, they can't be, they can't be bored. They can't be depressed. They need to go and watch Christians pray when they are falling asleep. <laughs> they will hear all kinds of things. <clears throat> One day, I got to, I got home. So everybody was laughing at my mother. She said she was laughing at herself. So she said, <laughs> "You know, okay, you no, know, okay, you know, we have a bakeleke rice, right? Okay, that, they, how many people know Ayongba in Kogi State?" So they, what do they have from there? Palm oil. Yeah, so, you know, at least on our side, they used to say that this oil is from Ayongba, you know, that kind of thing. So one day, 
My mother was praying with the family. I wasn't there. <coughs> they told me later. Next year, they just heard her say, Pam, what do I am? They just said, Pam, Pam, what do I am? Everywhere scattered in laughter. That was when she woke up. <laughs> the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. <laughs> so that's what I mean. You just sometimes when you are feeling sleepy, you just pray some prayers and the angels will say go. Now, back to the Christian fast I'm talking about. Christian fast is not, uh, you know, they hungry. No, 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 no. Just don't weigh yourself down with food. Are you getting my point? Don't weigh yourself down with any other thing. Not with entertainment. Not with washing your clothes. Do you get my point? Yes. Not with washing your clothes. I know you can listen to messages while washing your clothes. There's nothing wrong with that. But there are times that when you want to wash your clothes, then you spice it with listening to a message on your phone. That's good. But if you want to listen to the message, don't wash your clothes. Are you getting my point? Stand. Pace up and down. Put the earphones in your ears and walk up and down. Close your eyes and focus on those words alone. For one hour. Take a book. Psalm one Read it from the beginning to the end. Out loud. Take Isaiah 58.3. We read last time. Read it from the beginning to the end. Out. Loud. That's the only thing you are doing. It doesn't have to be 24 hours. It can just be from 4 a.m. Till everybody wakes up. It can be from 3 a.m. Till everybody wakes up. It can even be for 30 minutes. Every day. So, nobody knows you are fasting. Only you know you are the only one that understands it. You wake up in the morning. Normally you'll have woken up by maybe 5.30 or 6. You just reverse it by one hour. And that is it. Stand up. Say, okay, I'm listening to this message over two days. It's two hours long. 30 minutes each day. Then I read, read out these Psalms. Then I pray about my life. I give thanks about my life. I ask God's favor over everything that concerns me. I ask God to give me insight concerning decisions I'm supposed to make. That's a Christian fast. You do that, after some time, you have, you know, the additional decisions you make, you're not sure. The decisions you make, no matter how stupid they look to other people, you know you are doing what is right. That's what you come out of that kind of experience with. I hope you're getting my point. So if you want to take a whole day and say, I will not eat anything at all, yeah, I don't believe in that. Look. Start early. I like the way we do in my convention so as not to waste time. 7 a.m., everybody be in the hall to pray. After praying for like 30 minutes, 40 minutes, we start Bible studies. That drags till like 10. It's supposed to end by 9, but Bible studies can be so interesting. 10 o'clock, and that's it. We stay there, oh, 10 past 10. So I tell people, I say, this is what they call it fast. 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. to 10.30 Nobody's hungry. The children are in this separate hall. If those ones start whining, the caregivers give them food. But the adults are together. Then by 10 o'clock, we go and break what? 
fast. That's spirituality. So you can do that also. If your stomach is disturbing you too much and it wants to remove concentration from you, rebuke the pain with a cup of tea. <laughs> Seriously. And go back to what you are doing. But don't go and start frying, don't start making a, what do you call it? Uh, what do you call this thing now? This uh, uh, pancake, thank you. That's why we want to not make pancake. That's the distraction we are talking about. You know? That you won't break egg. Look for spices. Quickly call somebody, please. Help me go down the road. Buy, buy my gear and uh, onions. Just forget it. It's okay for the day. But if you want to continue, just get a glass of juice. Pour it. Drink it. Eat, eat, eat a slice of bread. We just not interrupt what you are doing. That way you can continue. Look, God, don't think that, ah, I will show God how serious I am. <laughs> You only show God how hungry you are, that's all. The, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Listen to me. This is what I want you to target. At the end of it, you have understanding. Then you have words that will be very powerful, given to you with which you now begin to pray. I want to say begin to pray. That's when you, do, you pray prayers. You, they are repetitive, but they are not meaningless. Because prayers is not just about making requests. Sometimes it's just releasing power into the air. And any word that God gives you, scriptures enlighten to you. It's just releasing, every time you declare it, it releases power into the air. For example, the word may just come to you powerfully. Say, behold, I will cause prosperity to flow towards you like a river, and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. Every day you get up and release that word. Remember our trigger at the beginning? It's loaded. It's not just I'm quoting somebody, I hear somebody, I'm quoting something, I hear somebody say. No, it is what? Loaded. It can be a word that appears so simple. It's the Lord that my God has given me the power to create wealth. Every day you declare it, you can declare that thing for a whole year. What you wouldn't know, somewhere around six months, you had one idea. And the idea is not in your brain, it came from that word, becoming flesh. Then God gives you one invention that becomes a wealth generator. Why? Because you continually declared, the Lord my God is giving me what? The power to create wealth. I can run through a troop. I can leap over a wall. Simple word. So every day you pray, Father, I give you thanks. I declare today that I can run through a troop. I can leap over a wall. Every challenge Difficult ones will come. It won't cross your mind to back down. It won't cross your mind that something is difficult. David said, I don't involve myself in matters too, what? Difficult for me. You will be involving yourself in matters that everybody else thinks they are so great, but to you it's not too difficult for you. So you are getting involved. You'll be discussing business, (laughs) you that... As I three weeks ago, you cannot put 50,000 together, you know, without any stress. And we say, okay, how much are we going to pay? 25 million naira. We should be able to do that in three installments. Okay, after that, we'll move up to 50 million naira every, every month. So, you know, and you'll be talking. You say, eh? What are you saying? And it doesn't cross your mind that it's too difficult. And you know what? That is what the Bible calls a measure of faith. You are speaking by faith. And you know what happens? The resources will start coming. But some people have not gone through this process. They will hear that, ah, 
Brother Philip said that he went to bank and took a loan by faith. Hallelujah. So they approach a bank and take a loan by foolishness. And that's the beginning of the end of their lives. See, but he worked for Brother Philip. What you don't know is that Brother Philip didn't just wake up one day and walk to that bank. For six months, he had been declaring, I can run through a troop. I can leap over a wall. For six months, there are words he has been speaking. And those words came out of the time of meditation, like we've been talking about. Those words came out of the time of fasting and praying. So each time he utters those words, they bring faith into his heart. And faith is, do you understand, is real. It goes out into the spirit and commands resources to come. So by the time a bank gives him a loan for 150 million naira, 300 million naira, 200 million naira, he's not looking for how he will pay. People are already queuing up to patronize him and he liquidates everything within three months. They gather, so you don't, you know, he himself does not know how. When he wants to give the testimony, he says, praise God, we want to start this thing. We went and took a loan and we thank God after four months we paid back, we took it by faith. He himself does not know how. He didn't know where to start the testimony from. <laughs> you should have told me that two years ago, I began to take time out early morning every day until I heard a word from heaven concerning my life. And I heard God say, of course, he's not a very spiritual person. So he didn't realize he should tell you all of those things. He just gave you the part he understood. The time of harvest. People want to use the principles of harvest when they did not sow any seed. I hope you've got to my point. So I just looked at my watch, so my clock. I didn't even know I had spoken for this long. So what we are going to do, let's go home. Let us go home. <laughs> Let's go and practice what I've been discussing. The summary of what I've said today is that God is so close. The Holy Spirit is with you always. And He's going to give you a specific word which will become your word with which you will run through troops. You will leap over a wall. A word that you will utter. It will be firing, pulling a trigger in a gun that has been properly loaded. It's not just words, but what? A release of power. Let's rise to our feet. Let's rise to our feet. Let us give the Lord thanks. Let us give Him thanks. Remember, there are different things. There's so that is all the promises of God. That's where His resources are loaded for you. So thank God for His promises. Open your mouth and give Him thanks. Thank God for the promises. Say, Lord, I thank you for your promises that you have delivered to me in your word. Open your mouth and give him thanks. Say, Lord, I thank you for your promises that you have delivered to me in your word. Thank you, Lord. As I was speaking, different people were hearing different things. Some were hearing that word, I can run through a troop. I can leap over a wall. Yeah, it's a promise for you. It will work in your life. Begin to give the Lord thanks. Say, Lord, I thank you for the words that you have released to me. Thank you for the promises you have released into my life. Thank you for the understanding you have given me again today. Give the Lord thanks. Say, Lord, I thank you for the understanding that you have given me again today. Say, Lord, I thank you for that understanding that you have given me again today. Thank you because I know I am not without help. I feel like we should give the Lord thanks again because he is a great physician. He is the greatest physician. 
And with him nothing is incurable. So give God thanks that you are the Lord. You are the physician with whom nothing is incurable. Because the world tells us so much about incurable diseases. They scare us with Ebola. They scare us with HIV. scare us with cancers of all sorts. But let us magnify the Lord. David said, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. So exalt him this evening. I want us to focus on two areas. Number one, health. Say, Jesus, you are the healer, the great physician. We've been talking about that for some time. I expect to hear testimonies of divine health. Testimonies of healing. He said, Lord, I thank you. Because I know you as a great physician. The one who died for my sicknesses. Who died for my pain. Who suffered that I might be free. The one who suffered that I might be free. The one who suffered that I may not need to suffer. Suffer sickness, suffer pain, suffer affliction. Declare it again. Life is working in me. The life of Jesus is working in me. Life is working in me. The spirit of Christ is giving life to my mortal body. The suffering of Jesus is for my sake. And is giving life to my mortal body. Declare like you believe it. The suffering of Jesus is for my sake. And the resurrection power is giving life to my mortal body. Resurrection power is giving life to my mortal body. From the top of my head, I'm healed to the soles of my feet. He's giving me the power to get well. That's the second thing. Let's give thanks for that. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord my God is giving me the power to create wealth. Poverty is not my portion. Fruitfulness is my portion. He said to me, be fruitful, multiply. Have dominion. Fill the earth and have dominion. Say in the name of Jesus, I'm a blessing to this generation. I'm a blessing to this earth. The secret hidden wisdom of God is my portion. With it, I bring fruitfulness into this earth. I bring fruitfulness into my life. I bring fruitfulness into this earth. I bring fruitfulness into my life. Declare the word of God. I have divine ability. I'm not succeeding by my strength. I am not succeeding by my energy. The grace of God is working with me. The grace of God is working with me. Yes, I can run through a troop. I can leap over a wall. I can face difficult challenges. I can face difficult challenges. And I can overcome them. Because the grace of God is working with me. By the grace of God, I am what I am. My sufficiency is of God. Declare it. My sufficiency is of God. I feel like we say this one. Declare to yourself, my life will be a testimony. It's important. Say it again and again. My life will be a testimony. People will see the power of God manifested in my life. Say this is my life. I will manifest the power of God. This is my life. I will experience the power of God. I will see God do miracles. I will see the blessing activated. The blessing of God will cause things to be around me. God will take glory out of my life. I will walk in his grace. And I will give him the glory. 
divine testimonies, the power of God manifested. This is my season of manifestation. This is my season of manifestation. This is my season of manifestation. Father, we give you praise. Lord, we give you thanks. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Goodness will go with you. Mercy will go with you. Favor will surround you like a shield. In the name of Jesus Christ. Listen, sickness will not stay in your body. I don't care whether it is genetic, it is immunologic, it is infective, it is degenerative, it is whatever it is. It will not stay in your body. The life, the resurrection power of Jesus is working in you right now. Your sickness has been nailed to his cross. Listen, you will be free to serve him, you know, with a glad heart. You will serve him in freedom. You will serve the Lord in freedom. You will serve him in freedom from affliction. In the name of Jesus Christ. Listen, you will serve the Lord with freedom. You will serve him with freedom from affliction. You will serve him in freedom from affliction. In the name of Jesus Christ. This is your life. You will experience the power of God. God's glory will be seen upon you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Goodness and mercy will follow you. In the name of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit will be close to you. And people here will see angels. Now there are two types of people. Some will know they are angels. Some will not know. But everybody here will encounter angels over the next one week. In the name of Jesus Christ. They will help you. They will give you direction. They will bring you a message from God. They will feed you with manna from heaven. Remember, they gave food to Elijah. And they ran in the strength of that food. They will feed you with the strength to overcome challenges. In the name of Jesus Christ. Remember, you are not alone. They will deliver you. They will deliver you from gunshots, from bombs, from kidnappers, from road traffic accidents. I feel like giving this testimony to encourage somebody. One of our brothers was in a vehicle going from Benin to Abuja. Had a terrible accident. But you know what happened? He was asleep. He didn't even know when they asked him. The only thing he heard, come, 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 as they were cutting the body parts of the car open. So they dragged him out. And he was okay, apart from a small bruise on his lip or something. To tell you how bad the accident was, they said, okay, you need to take information, write your name down. So he opened his bag to bring out his pen so he could write. He brought out the first pen, it was broken from the accident. Brought out the second pen, it was broken from the accident. That is, the pens in his bag were crushed. But he was intact. And the guy sitting beside him was cleaning the guy's brain from his clothes. But he was preserved intact. Now you share these things once in a while for you to know that uh, the angels of God, they just wrapped him in their own airbag. And you know the interesting part? He was asleep throughout. If you ask him what happened, he doesn't know. <laughs> The first awareness was he was hearing, come, come, come. So he woke up. What is come, come, go here? They said, you have had an accident. We're trying to get you out. <laughs> they cut the car open and, and brought him out. See, safety is your portion. Amen. The angels of God, they will deliver you. Amen. No evil will befall you. Amen. And no plague will come near that your house. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. For your sake, God will show mercy on your loved ones. Amen. 
God will show mercy on your loved ones. Amen. Just dare to ask God favor for them. No? Just dare. Don't be angry. That boy, the way he's behaving, I've left him. No, 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 no. He will die. Oh. And you have to bury him. And you will cry. So just ask God for mercy. Say, Lord, don't kill him. Don't let him die. Deliver him from trouble. If he's a troublemaker, say, Lord, put him in a police cell where they will slap him and bring sense to his head. But don't let him be injured. Keep him safe. God will do so. I'm telling you. For your sake, God will show mercy to your loved ones. He will show mercy to your brother. He will deliver your sister. He will show mercy to your father. He will show mercy to your mother. And of course, do I need to tell you, he will show mercy to your wife, to your husband, and he will keep, guard and protect and love your children. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we give you praise. In Jesus' name we have prayed. I share the grace in fellowship. One, two, let's go. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Quickly bless three people around you, please. This is your season. Dominion and manifestation. Two more people. This is your season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation. One more person. This is your season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation. One last one for yourself. This is my season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation. All right, cherub brethren. God bless you. It's well with you.